Are we going to eventually be utilizing stuff like seaweed, products from nature as crop inputs? In other words, is this the brave new world? Is this the future of our industry? And there's a lot of compelling evidence that indeed it is. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, hey, thanks for being here for another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Today, we're talking about seaweed as a crop input. Yeah, you heard me say that right. Seaweed, the stuff that comes out of the ocean as a crop input. I've got Brian Cornelius. He is the Director of Applied Sciences for Agrison. Agrison has got some really cool products that we are doing some trials with at Extreme Ag. Brian, thanks for being here, man. Thanks, Damian. Good to be with you. Okay, you've got seaweed in three of your products. Tell me about the, before we hit record, you gave it to me real simple when I said, what are we doing? Grabbing seaweed and using it to make food crops seems kind of uh, outrageous, but you put it in very simple terms of why there's a, why there's something there, why seaweed has traits and characteristics that if you can harness them, make sense for production ag. Yeah, Damien. So when I talk about seaweed or our products that have seaweed in them, I try to get the audience to think about just the environment that seaweed grows in. It's a cold ocean. Uh, at the at depths, it's dark. Uh, the water's salty, and that plant has an ability to survive that environment. So what we're trying to do is capture all of the abilities of that plant to live in its environment and transfer that to other crops so they can withstand some of the same conditions, salty conditions, cold conditions, uh, those abiotic stresses that the seaweed technologies do a really good job of, of helping plants withstand. So Extreme Ag, we talk a lot about stress mitigation. It's one of Kelly Garrett's big objectives this year. We just did a webinar on the subject is, is when you talk about those things, seaweed is out there and you know the ocean, like you said, it could be 50 degrees, 60 degrees, and it's growing. It's salty. And more importantly, it can be dark. And also it's getting sloshed around. And somehow this product, this, 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 this plant, I'm sorry, can make it. So is it really was the idea to look at this plant and say, if this plant can make it, it must have such ability to tolerate stress. Is was that the first idea of what to extract from it? Was the stress um the ability to handle the stress? Was that the idea? That was our primary objective because that market already exists. So think back 50 years, and, and I learned this this summer. I was out in California visiting uh, a nurseryman who handles uh, sumo groves, the giant mandarins, and we were talking about seaweed. And what I learned from him is that he's been using seaweed for 40 years for different benefits, plant growth, and stress mitigation, but he started with a powdered seaweed. 
and what has evolved, and especially in the process we, that we use, we have taken a material that's been around for a long time. We've understood some of the benefits of it, but what we're really honing in on is that ability of that technology coming from the seaweed, those plant-based phytohormones and other things that come out of it, how they help plants withstand stress. Um, again, whether it's cold, heat, drought, any of those stresses, those that technology does an amazing job of helping plants withstand those. All right, so Brian, let's talk a little about the technology. You don't go out and harvest seaweed out of the ocean, then stick it in a jug and then ship it to a farmer and say, here, go and dump this jug of seaweed out there. Tell me a little bit about how it works and then the, the technology and then what the farmer is using. Okay, so most companies that have a seaweed offering, uh, they will do some type of extraction. The most common extraction out there for seaweed is a chemical extraction using potassium hydroxide. Basically, it's uh, you know uh, extraction that gives an offer reaction and you get a byproduct. Uh, what we do here at Agerson is very different. Uh, our history, going back more than 50 years, is a biological extraction. So we use a fermentation type process. So we took knowledge from previous products in that process, and we just changed the substrate. So we will get in a powdered kelp, like almost every other company that's doing a seaweed product. So there's some place that's harvesting kelp, and then they bring it to a powder form, and then you get it on your dock as a powder form? Exactly. That That's the basis of it. And then from there, that's where all the differences happen uh, from the agricultural standpoint is we take it through our biological extraction. And, you know, we probably don't have enough time to get into all those details, but it is very different. And it's a complete digestion of that source material. So everything that is in that seaweed that is beneficial or potentially beneficial comes out in our extraction versus others that don't do a full digestion. Okay, so you're then cooking this powdered uh, seaweed into and to extract the the beneficial stuff that you want to use, and then the technology is such that you think that we put it out there for a crop. Are we spraying it on a crop? Are we putting it uh, in furrow? How are we using it? And then what's the idea that this this stuff is it, it's how does it how does it help my crops? Yeah, that, that's good. Uh, and it's versatile. Uh, that's one of the things that we know about uh, kelp technology in general. They're very versatile. From our standpoint, and the reason we have three different products that have seaweed or seaweed derivatives in them is we can cater to the different applications for the growers. Uh, you mentioned Inferro. We have a product called Accomplish Max. So Accomplish Max is our traditional accomplished nutrient utilization technology, where we've uh, modified that formulation to incorporate the seaweed into it at planting. So it's an in-furrow application. Okay. And why would we do that? Well, some farmers plant early, so it's cold. Okay. Some farmers plant in the soils that are not the best suited. So it could be some salt concerns. Uh, some farmers plant, and as I can remember growers talking about, hey, let's just put the seeds out there in the dust and hope for a rain. So you've got some stressful conditions there at planting, whether it's cold, heat, drought, salt, you you, you have to deal with that. So our infer offering allows us to utilize that technology there. 
Okay, so the technology essentially is we bring in dried, uh, we take we t- somebody, some company that you, that's a, you know, whatever, that's their business is harvesting seaweed kelp. They cook it, dehydrate it, whatever, make it into a powder. The powder comes to your dock. You then do another process to get the benefits from it. And then you, you derive from that this certain thing, which is proprietary, I know. And then you say, we're going to make Accomplish Max. Accomplish Max is the product that you sell that goes in furrow. And that goes in furrow for corn, goes in furrow for other crops, goes in furrow for everything. Any crop that you use in uh, an in-furrow fertilizer application, that Accomplish Max can go in. So in Accomplish Max, we take our traditional Accomplish product and then we incorporate our seaweed into that product. So we've got a combo product there that we've added. Uh, so it's a fertility seaweed. product with stress mitigation? Correct. Now, no nutrients. It's only fertility enhancement. So it is designed to enhance the fertility okay. that we apply in furrow as well as free up nutrients that are in the soil. How does it work? How does this that stuff that you spray on there and then all of a sudden... I get it that seaweed has this amazing ability to tolerate stress. It's hanging out there in the ocean. It's it's getting pushed around. How do you make, I mean, without getting too scientific, how does it transfer from that kelp that's growing in the Pacific Ocean to my field? Okay. So let's talk about the infer application. What are most inferral nutrients, liquid or dry or whatever, what's the base of those? It's a salt, whether it's uh, it's some type of chemical salt. It's what most fertilizers are built on. Okay. So when you apply a chemically a chemical salt fertilizer in furrow to that developing plant, there is the need to help protect that plant or developing seedling from some of those salts that are in that fertilizer. We never really talk about that because we treat the entire field. We're putting the fertilizer out there for the benefit of the nutrients, but the background of that material, some of those salts can actually affect the growth and development of that plant early before the nutrients really kick in and cause, you know, that really desired growth. So that's one thing that we look at in furrow is the effect of the fertilizer salts. Uh, Perfect example, 1034 polyphosphate is widely used, tens of millions of gallons per year. Well, what happens when you have, say, five gallons of that in furrow, yep. you plant, and it's pretty dry. There's no moisture. If you've ever seen what can happen there, you can actually have some damage. So you're saying that, an example like that, the fertilizer doesn't get diluted enough because we're going into dry conditions in that soil, and it's not going to harming the seed is that what i'm hearing it could it absolutely could uh cause some damage now it, it it may not be catastrophic but it could be yield limiting uh even if it only you know delays germination of some of the seed okay so brian i like the way you're going with this so then by using a, something like your product that is a stress mitigation because of the seaweed technology it does what it can actually help mitigate the damages from those salts because again that seaweed grows in a salty ocean it has the ability to withstand those salts. So what we see, even in some of our, our tests in the growth chamber or greenhouse, where we look at salt specifically, yep. especially at germination time, we see a mitigation of damage from those salts uh, using the products. 
You and I are covering this, Brian, because I wanted to make sure that, you, you know, the extreme ag following is talking about cool technology where we're getting something that's from nature and it's not, you know, we didn't go to the lab and synthetically just concoct some stuff because in our history, we've concocted some pretty nasty oh, yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> anthrax and, you know, and go through all kinds of nasty crap that we come along. And this seems pretty benign, pretty harmless, but yet it also is beneficial you said that somebody was doing this 40 years ago. I honest to God have never heard about seaweed as a crop input until I started working with extreme ag and you guys. So how, how long has this been around and it, it was, I just missing it or is it still, is it still new wave? Well, so think about where a lot of new technologies get introduced, a lot of new technologies, cool things like seaweeds and stuff like that traditionally get introduced in the higher value vegetable markets especially, and like especially crops because because they're they're peeling forty thousand dollars of revenue off of an acre whereas our soybean fields are you know 800 or something like that so it's like okay they're gonna be usually chad henderson talks a lot about that he mm -hmm. says i go looking for a new idea i look at specialty crops because those people are usually at the cutting edge of new crazy stuff but also they can they can look at, I've got to be at the cutting edge because I've got such a massive amount of money coming off of this acre. That's true. And and again, the, their budgets are different. They have such a huge uh, <clears throat> potential for profit at the end that they're more willing to try things early on. Right. So a lot of these technologies start in those specialty markets. And what we think we're fairly good at at Agerson is taking those technologies, using our proprietary extraction method that allows us to bring the cost down so we can actually get those technologies into a row crop market where the budgets are vastly different. Yeah. And I think that's what we've, we've done with, with the seaweed technology as so, well. But they were using it in the, in the specialty crops a long time ago. When did Agerson come along and say, hey, let's go ahead and do this. Let's, let's bring it to the masses is what you're really talking about. You democratized seaweed. Yeah. Well, so again, we talked about this before the broadcast, uh, just general company structure, how we are part of a large organization, Nutrient Ag Solutions. Well, Nutrient Ag Solutions has a very, you know, big presence in the specialty markets out West and other parts of the country. So what we try to do is learn from our partners in the field. And if they come and say, Hey, we've got a market that we could really use our own technology in, we listen. And that's kind of how this whole thing went down is our West Coast specialty guy said, <clears throat> excuse me, can you guys come up with the seaweed technology for us? Okay. So we go to work and, you know, once we had that conversation in less than a year, we had a product in the field testing. And that Great. was back in 2016 or 17. Seaweed's only application then is as stress mitigation, right? Is there anything else that we get from it in terms of a crop input? No, there's some general plant growth promotion uh, with seaweed. So there are some phytohormone-like compounds that will enhance growth. Uh, it's probably best known for the stress mitigation, but there are some other plant growth benefits to it. You use this in three of your products, Accomplish Max, Maritime, and Terramar. Accomplish Max, you just explained to us, is an infro product that is a stress mitigation, but also it's got nutrient uptake uh, benefit also. What happens with Maritime? So Maritime is our 
straight seaweed. So 100% seaweed extract. So again, when you look at that seaweed market where it is very severe stress, and that is the one main uh, parameter that you're after, that's maritime. And it is that all seaweed. There's no additions to it. It's not formulated with anything else. So it's just just pure old seaweed. And then how do I use it? Uh, so again, uh, it, it has flexibility. In the specialty market, it goes through drip tape. It can be a foliar application. And our uh, again, if it's used in row crops, we can spray it. It's already in furrow because uh, that's what we had to accomplish max to get the max part of it. Um, so it, it's flexible. It can do I, do I spray it over, do I spray it over the top as a foliar and uh, am I going out there and putting this on uh, you know when when the crops are a certain do I use maritime that way? Yeah, yeah. so let let's say you're gonna go out, uh, you've got pretty severe stress being forecast. I, I'll give you a good example. We uh, have a lot of guys in our specialty markets that pay attention early season yep. to uh, frost or cold events. Yep. And we had a uh, Michigan apple grower who was uh, looking at the forecast and saw that there's a high likelihood that we're going to get a frost. And if so frost is going to whack his blooms, isn't that exactly? Exact? Okay. And so the bloom, once the, once the blooms are whacked, you ain't got no apples. You're done. So what he did is he took the maritime product and went out with a foliar application the day before that predicted frost. And he ended up doing that five different times uh, because it was a you know pretty unusual year. Yep. Well, at the end of it, what he noticed is that he kept 90% of his crop. Other growers in the area who planned for two sprays only had 30 to 40% of their crop left. Okay. The ones that didn't spray any seaweed didn't have a crop. Okay. So that that's one example of how it can be used, whether it's a predicted event or just history, if you know that that something's likely to happen. It's fantastic. So um, then I'll get one more product, then I want to talk about the future. Terramar is another one of your products. There's a seaweed-derived uh, product. Where do I use Terramar and what is it? So Terramar, again, is a combination. So we take the straight seaweed product in maritime, and we blend that with a pretty unique product that we have uh, that is a biologically derived humic material. So we take the same linardite that a company selling humic acid would use, but instead of a chemical extraction, we will use a biological extraction to break down the linardite. So now with Terramar, we take the seaweed material and the linardite material and blend those two together with some really cool benefits because again we've talked all you know broadcast about the stress mitigation benefits of the seaweed when we bring in the biologically extracted linardite we bring in some pretty awesome plant growth promotion uh capabilities so terramar has really found itself to be very successful in some of our uh, mid to late season applications in row crops. It's it's growing tremendously. Kelly has Terramar in his fields. Lee Lubers has used Terramar. So a lot of growers around the country are using it. And it's doing a really good job with those mid and late season fungicide applications where we're trying to set that plant up for uh, optimal growth as well as uh, trigger that plant to be ready for stress. 
So that's what we're using Terramar uh, primarily for, which kind of surprises us because that product was developed for the specialty market originally, but it's growing in the row crop market tremendously. And again, it's it's never you. It's you don't go out and spray just Terramar. You put it when you're using a fungicide, when you're doing something else, and that's it's it's a it's a, a complement, and it it's it's like one plus one equals five that way. The idea it can be tank mixed with an application that's already going out. If all you want to do is go out there and set that plant up for uh, stress and uh, additional optimal plant growth, you can spray it alone. It will do its job sprayed alone, but. Why go out and make a separate trip when there's other things that you can put it in the tank with? Brian, talk to me about the future. Um, you know, GMO technology, frankly, took some, and, and boy, the anti-modern agriculture people went bananas. Remember, about, it goes, it, it, the GMO thing has waned. It's kind of funny to me. Yeah. What, eight years ago, when all over social media, do you realize they're breeding salmon genetics into our tomatoes? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. The idea was... We essentially went and found this thing that exists somewhere in nature and said, that's a good trait. And mm -hmm. then we genetically stuck it in this other thing. And it made, you know, a whole lot of controversy. Nothing that you do is GMO. No, we're not even saying that. I only want to make the comparison between the idea that there's something desirable over here in nature, and we're going to utilize that trait or that, uh, ability that this plant or thing has and used over here as a crop input. Are we going to be doing more of this? Yeah. So, so like you said, seaweed is, is natural. We have a natural process to extract it, which is why uh, our straight seaweed material is um, organically certified. It's OMRI listed. So that tells you there that it, it, it it's safe. Yeah. But what we're doing is we want to know more. We want to figure out exactly why are we seeing the benefits that we see in the field. So now we want to dig deeper into, is there something going on specifically with the physiology that we can explain what we see? It's kind of like the genotype versus phenotype. You know, the genotype, you can see that in the lab with all the letters and all that stuff. But the phenotype is what you see in the field. Okay. That's what you can walk out and see, oh, here's the line where we sprayed this product on one side where it's not sprayed looks very different than the side that it's sprayed. That's our phenotype, what we see. Hey, by the we way, Brian, thanks, thanks for doing that because I, I'm not the director of applied sciences for a major company. So when you <laughs> explain what a genotype versus a phenotype is, I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. <laughs> the genotype part is easy because there's techniques to tell us, oh, maybe these things are happening in the plant. Mm -hmm. But why do we see what we see in the field? And that's what the future holds for us is to better understand what's behind these technologies so we can get better at maybe catering specific products for specific stresses. Or if we know that there's certain things happening in the field, how can we make these technologies better to meet more specific needs to our growers? I think that you've hit something there that, in my involvement with all the, you know, discussions like this, when it comes to biologicals, and we can talk about in the old days, you know, we thought they were snake oil. We're doing trials that prove there's real results, real tangible results. But we also, I guess we've got to be humble enough to admit, we're not exactly sure we know why this seaweed thing works, are we? 
Yeah, and, and again, that is, I guess, that next level of, of education is we see it works. Our trials say it works, but why? Uh -huh. And I think, especially at Agerson with our R&D team and, and some of the partners that we have, I think we're well suited to uh, figure out the why in, in a pretty short period of time, because that's what everybody wants to know. And if we figure out the why, that gives us the ammunition to be better at making sure that we can cater those products to fit specific needs. I remember years ago being uh, reading an article that was somewhat scientific that said when the humans are all gone, the cockroaches are still going to be here uh, <laughs> because they had an amazing ability to live. Is is cockroach technology coming just like seaweed where we say, wait, we're not sure why, but those damn things can make it. Is that kind of the same thing? We looked at seaweed and said, we're not sure why, but there's got to be something we can use. Yeah, well, we've only been using seaweed as from my knowledge, 50 or so years, but the oceans have been around for a long time. So that plant has, you know, survived millennia. Yeah. And I, I think you're right is until we understand why that plant does what it does or survives in its environment and do a better job of being able to transfer that to other plants that need those functionalities, um, we're still learning and it's, it's going to take us a while. Last question on that. Is there anything, does seaweed, because we're not exactly sure why, we're going to get better at that, probably. We're going to get better at that. People like you are working on it. Does it have more application? Is there another place for this to go? I mean, am I looking around saying, why didn't we use seaweed technology as a crop input here? Is there somewhere else that this goes? Well, I, my prior knowledge of seaweed before I started, you know, into this field and started you know, doing this was, you know, going to a sushi restaurant and you, you know, get a roll and it's wrapped in it. Uh, who knows what's next? I, I think there's a lot of things out there that we use on a daily basis that there could be so many other applications for them. We just haven't figured it out or we haven't had that happy accident yet, yeah. uh, which is how a lot of technologies get created is something happens by accident. And we are like, oh, but look, we could use that for that, or that works on that. So I don't, I don't know what the future holds, but I will, I will say that I think there are a lot of things that uh, can potentially be um, utilized with these technologies. We just haven't figured them out yet. I like it right there. We haven't had the happy accident. And I also, I get excited when I think about innovation and what comes to this industry, when I think about you know, I've been around it my whole life. We didn't talk about putting seaweed on crops. It was, if someone was doing that, they said, well, this guy's nuts. What's going on? And now yeah. it, it, we, we're seeing it. And obviously we're doing experiments and we're showing the trial work here. The happy accident. So some night you've got to go out in a storm with a kite and a key tight on it and some seaweed <laughs> and then find that next happy accident. Right, Brian? Yeah, but I just hope that accident is not uh, tragic <laughs> for me. Well, Ben Franklin's on the $100 bill, so it obviously can make you famous. I guess. I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, his name is Brian it. Cornelius. Uh, he's he's my Ben Franklin uh, in terms of uh, uh, experimentation, waiting on that happy accident. I like that. That's a great term. Um, he's the director of applied sciences at Agrison. They've got products that use seaweed technology. We're doing trials with them and we're getting some really good results. As you said, Kelly's doing some of this. Uh, Chad's got some results. Um, Matt's done some results and Lee's done some results, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Lee was talking about it on the webinar. 
Fantastic. Um, if you want to learn more about this, you want to learn more about seaweed technology that can help your crops, go to lovelandproducts.com, agrison.com, Nutrient Act Solutions, and their social. Uh, you should find our products anywhere you can um, access that information. Yeah, the company's called Agrison, A-G-R-I-C-E-N, just like his own Brian shirt, but you might be listening to this. That's why I spelled it for you. Until next time, he's Brian Cornelius. He'll be here again because we're going to talk about cool stuff that they're doing. I'm Damian Mason. Thanks for being here on Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions. 